If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined today by Christopher Pacheco. We took a small break from MLB talk yesterday on the show when we broke down the Cam Newton signing, the rumors that Antonio Brown was perhaps going to be signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or another team in the NFL. But we are back to our division-by-division, team-by-team preview of the Major League Baseball 2020 season. We've already gone through the American League. Pacheco, we are heading to the National League, which is going to have universal designated the hitter for the very first time in baseball history. I am uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about uh, about a DH in the National League too. Uh, it's it's you know I know the baseball truthers are are saying that you know the National League was special and that you know you had a little bit more strategy uh, because there's a pitcher spot uh, on the on the on the lineup, uh, so you have to hit your pitcher. Uh, and so then, you know, substitutions come into play later in the game. But look, man, we don't want that anymore, right? I mean, we, we just want a DH on both uh, on both leagues. I'm really glad that they're bringing it over to the National League. Yeah, I, uh, I am too. And I think that the division that we are going to cover today, which is the NL Central, is actually a division that is 
going to be really impacted by the universal designated hitter Pacheco because the Cubs have guys, you know, that they really would want to play there and not play in the field. Someone like Kyle Schwarber, you know, basically his whole career, they've thought about him as a DH. The Brewers have loads of DH style guys. The Reds pretty much signed Nick Castellanos expecting this rule to be passed, you know, basically expecting that they were going to have a universal designated hitter. So we are going to start at the top of the division. Uh, I guess this is the top of the division by the win division percentage on fan graphs. Now, this is not necessarily exactly how things will, uh, you know, end up uh, shaking out, right? There's a, there's a lot of variability here, but it, the Cubs, to me, seem to be the best team in the division. So uh, this team, of course, has a super strong lineup, Pacheco. However, uh, I think the bottom end of their pitching staff definitely leaves some to be desired. But I think overall, I have to consider myself higher than the market on the Cubs in 2020. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's there's certainly a few teams that can compete uh, for for the NL Central as far as winning the division this year, Davis. I think the Cubs are in a unique position uh, to do that. I think the Cardinals once again are going to compete. Uh, I, I even think. You know, the Reds and the Brewers uh, uh, can certainly make some noise in this division as well. So feels a little bit uh, more wide open to me, especially with the Reds uh, having signed uh, Castellanos uh, and, and some of the youngsters, uh, you know, uh, coming into play. I think they're going to be able to compete for this division as well. So it's a really interesting division. Uh, but you're right. I think the Cubs should be talked about as the number one. Uh, if, if you were to ask me right now, uh, I think their lineup uh, is stacked. And I think the DH really serves them well. Uh, Javier Baez, one of their best hitters, is entering his year 28 uh, season. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. And I think, you know, this year, if, if you thought that you saw his ceiling in previous years, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit for him uh, entering, you know, his age 28 season. Uh, Kyle Schwarber had a monster year last year, almost hit 40 home runs. Uh, he's also a youngster as well for them. Uh, he's, I don't believe he's even 27 yet. Uh, so that's that's a big plus for them. Just uh, just turned 27, he did? There you go. Uh, I think Chris Bryant, uh, who had a bounce back season last year, uh, still very much in his prime. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is 31, but still a very competent fielder and hitter. Uh, they have a lot of pieces here offensively, Davis, uh, that are going to be able to, you know, help them compete for the division. I think, uh, as you alluded to best, uh, their pitching, especially their depth and their bullpen, uh, are a bit more of a concern. Yeah, so, you know, kind of looking at their lineup here, uh, they, they start out with Chris Bryant, who you know, was kind of a star for a while. You know, people thought of Chris Bryant as one of the best hitters in baseball. And, you know, I, I think that it's become clear that he is not, you know, he's not that guy, right? He is not the the absolute, uh, you know, phenom that we thought he was going to be. Career 383 weighted on base average. Uh, 31 home runs was the second best of his career. Uh, I guess one thing we can say is he's had a super uh, healthy career. And, uh, you know, really doesn't strike out a lot relative to, you know, really doesn't strike out a lot relative to the other guys who play his position. Like if you look at the, a lot of other third basemen who are power bats, you know, they are really high strikeout guys. But Bryant does take a lot of walks, you know, has decent isolated power. 
Um, I don't know if I would lead him off if I was the Chicago Cubs, you know, if I was uh, calling the shots there. I actually I actually think that I would probably go with Schwarber as the leadoff guy. He actually like Schwarber actually has better kind of like raw isolated power numbers. And if he chose to uh, if he chose to just alter his approach at the plate a little bit, I think he could take even more walks, you know, career 13 percent walk rate, career 254 isolated slugging are you are you a chris bryant guy or are you not a chris bryant guy uh i think i'm more uh, so i think I'm, I'm more of the belief that i'm a chris bryant guy uh than not i still believe in him he's, he's 28 years old uh i think the reason why a lot of people thought he was gonna just be a swing and miss player was because on in his rookie year he had a, a strikeout rate of almost 31 percent uh, so I think people understood, okay, he's just going to swim for the fences, you know, every single time. Uh, but then he kind of cut down his strikeout rate in a big way. It it's really hasn't been above, like, 23% uh, over the rest of his career. Uh, and to your injury uh, comment, you're mostly right. The year that he was really banged up uh, was in 2018. And, of course, right. that was his worst year uh, where he only had 13 home runs. Uh, as far as who should be the leadoff guy here, uh, Davis, I think I would rather have Schwarber hit second or potentially uh, like clean up or, or something like that because of that high isolated uh, number that you mentioned. I would want one of my power, one of my best power guys uh, to have, uh, you know, runners in, in, in scoring position pretty much. And, and I think. Having Schwarber leading off, um, it's not that it doesn't make sense because he he will take a walk, but I, I think Bryant might might fit that that you know that style a little bit more. I, I think the Cubs in general would be better suited if they found just another leadoff hitter, a guy that's not going to hit for a lot of power, but will find himself uh, a lot you know go, getting in, uh, on base. Uh, I'm just not sure that they they have the that that caliber of a hitter. Say for example what Ben Zobris used to be for them. But obviously, you know, Ben Zobris is, is no longer who, who he used to be anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you were going to point some, if you were going to find some flaws in their lineup, I think Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, that is about as good as it's going to get one through five. You know, where you start to find some problems is, yeah, Jason Hayward is, you know, one of the best outfield defenders in baseball. But at this point, he is just barely average as a hitter uh 21 home runs last season but before that 8 11 and 7 home runs and you know it's been so long since we've talked about baseball we've even been forgetting to talk about the juice baseball right but what if they go back to using the regular baseball this year and you know Hayward goes back to being uh you know like a 130 iso style guy that's not going to be you know that really is not going to be a guy that should be batting 6 for this team uh, what I want them to do, or not what I want them to do, I, I think that they should be trying to play Steven Souza Jr. more often in the outfield as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to Jason Hayward, because he is just a, even as a bench bat, he is just a, a way better isolated slugging type guy. And against left-handed pitching, I think he should pretty much be in there um, every game, maybe, maybe even a strict platoon with Hayward. And I'd like to see, I'd like to see more plate appearances for David Boat as well. Um, and, you know, at second base, I guess they invited Jason Kipnis as a non-roster invitee. Kipnis, uh, you know, just was so bad last year. Uh, you know, the last three seasons, 300, 308, 301 weighted on base average. But he is a career above average hitter. Maybe there's some chance that Kipnis is able to put things back together. 
Yeah, I, I would be pes- I would be more on the pessimistic side, uh, Davis. That that Kipnis all of a sudden, you know, is at least uh, like an average hitter. Uh, I think those days are, are pretty much gone. Uh, but I guess he could be serviceable enough uh, for them. Um, I agree with you. I think Sousa Jr. should be able to compete uh, and at least platoon with Jason Hayward. I think the Cubs would just like. They would be ecstatic if they could get what Jason Hayward gave them last year uh, right. moving forward. I think they'd be, you know, ecstatic. They, he posted a 101 way to run creative plus and a 177 ISO uh, over, you know, nearly 600 plate appearances last year. So uh, the question is whether that's repeatable or not. Uh, we will see. But I, I'm, I'm very much in agreement with you. Sousa Jr. should be able to compete at least with, you know, a platoon guy. Uh, for the Cubs, uh, the thing with Souza is that he missed the entire 2019. He was very banged up, uh, so now he's you know he's 31. Uh, so there's a lot of question marks about what he has left uh, because of the fact that he got hurt. He actually got hurt in 2018, Davis. We didn't see him at all uh, after that. Uh, right. So we'll, we'll see what type of player he is when he comes back. But if he was anywhere where he left off, he should be a very competent bat, at least off the bench. So as we alluded to, you know, you Darvish and John Lester. Darvish, pretty good starter, projected 381 ERA. Uh, but, you know, Lester projected 466. Kyle Hendricks, a, you know, super low uh, strikeout guy, but is pretty decent at run prevention, Jose Quintana, someone that our projections at Daily Roto have liked for a long time, and then Tyler Chatwood as their fifth guy. I mean, basically, just outside of you, Darvish, they have no starting pitcher with strikeout stuff. No, they don't. And I, I love you, Darvish. I have always loved you, uh, Darvish. But, Davis, he's going to be 34, and this is typically a guy that has lots of injury risk. Uh, we, have, we have only seen him pitch over 200 innings at the major league level once, and that was in right. 2013. So as much as uh, of, of a through the road as I am for you, Darvish, it's they, they just simply don't have a guy that can go out there and give them 200 innings and be extremely durable. It's just not, it's not in their roster. So that's where I think things start to get really dicey for the Cubs. You know, if Darvish all of a sudden gets hurt, they're in shambles quickly. They, they simply can't have any of their starters uh, get hurt, you know, Kyle Hendricks, Jose Quintana. It would be a problem if those guys got hurt for them. So um, they are going to have to have things go right uh, on the on the pitching side of things. Uh, and unfortunately, they just don't really have a fifth starter. You know, Tyler Shavwood uh, was mostly like a bullpen guy last year. Every time he started, he just walked a million guys, and it didn't seem to work out. So um, this team, when it comes to pitching and, and bullpen, you know, even Craig Kimbrell as a closer last year was a complete disaster. I wouldn't expect that moving forward just because we saw that last year. But it is fair right. to question what version of Craig Kimbrell are we going to get moving forward? Right. So, everyone, we are going to go ahead and head to break here real quick on the Daily Roto Hour. When we get back, we will continue our team-by-team preview of the NL Central for MLB in 2020. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. 
Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break on the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. I'm David Smanek, joined by Christopher Pacheco as we break down the National League Central, going back to our MLB team-by-team previews. Now that we, uh, you know, we are going to have an MLB season, the 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 I's have been dotted, the T's have been crossed. We are uh, we are in agreement between the MLB and the MLBPA to have a season. And in our NL Central team preview, we've already gone through the Chicago Cubs. Now moving on to the St. Louis Cardinals, that are going to be uh, a little bit of a 
new look team, Pacheco. So, you know, at uh, at third base, we you know we're no longer going to have uh, we're no longer going to have Matt Carpenter there. Uh, Kevin Newman is new uh, to the major league roster. Brian Reynolds is going to be new. Uh, Adam Frazier is going to be new. Josh Bell is going to be new. I mean, this is a this is really a revamped team for for the Cardinals. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I, I think the the Cubs are a little bit stronger of a team when we, when we're talking strictly hitting. Uh, I think the Cardinals pitching wise seem to have it a little bit more figured out than the Cubs, and, and I think that's what what makes it so interesting at the top of this division. Uh, but as I said earlier, the Reds and the Brewers are, are going to be able to make some noise here too at the top. Um, you know, we'll see how this team looks offensively, Davis. Uh, Matt Carpenter is now going to be he's he's 34 now. Should be right. 35 going into the season. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what Matt Carpenter we get, right? Uh, last year, he only had 15 home runs, which was uh, just not the Matt Carpenter that we're used to seeing. Um, we're, I'm not sure if there was an injury there. I'm, like, I'm not sure what happened, but all of a sudden, Matt Carpenter was not like an above average hitter. Uh, and that would not be a good thing uh, uh, for for the Cardinals because he, he was definitely one of their best hitters. Uh, so we'll see what, what happens with Matt Carpenter. He, he wasn't he wasn't even leading off uh, for a good portion of the season last year. So um, that's going to be really important important for them to figure out. But in general, uh, with all the the new names that you mentioned, it does seem like uh, well, also I I was wrong. I had the wrong okay. roster resource page pulled up, yeah, and, and okay. they were they were displaying um, a different <laughs> roster. However. It still is good. My my guess is mm-hmm. that we see less of the old guys on this roster and way right. more of the young guys from right. this roster in 2020. And that's what what is going to be interesting because I think the Cardinals for forever now have had a really strong farm system. Seems like just guys that they call up are, are always able to um, rise to the occasion and, and give them good at, good at bats um, if they're hitters. So. Uh, We'll, we'll see. We'll see how this team looks come opening day. But I think the Matt Carpenter thing is is certainly going to be a really big deal uh, for them. What version of Matt Carpenter do we got? Now, you know, they do have some ways that they can get around uh, playing Matt Carpenter every single day because they can play Tommy Edmond at third base. Uh, they can play Tyler O'Neill at DH. I mean, I think theoretically they could play Lane Thomas at DH. Really if they really wanted to get crazy, they could, uh, you know, they could just bring up one of their prospects right away, right? They could bring up uh, Dylan Carlson or, you know, something like that and have, uh, because every team is going to have a 60-man roster, Pacheco. So if Matt Carpenter just can't hit the ball, you know, if Yadier Molina just can't hit the ball, if, uh, you know, if if these guys are just really incapable of, of hitting early on to start the year, I definitely think that teams are going to be way quicker to bench guys in 2020 than they would have been, you know, if there was a 162 game season. Yeah. I, I certainly think that's, that's more right than wrong. I think with someone like Gadier Molina, I'd be surprised if that was the case, not that he's, you know, the best hitter out there or anything like that, but his presence is really important to the pitching staff. And, uh, and he's, he's still one of the better defensive catchers uh, in the league. And I think Davis that this is going to be his last year um, uh, for, for the Cardinals. Like I think he, he might be retiring uh, after this year. So it's a send off for him. I'd expect him to be with them. Uh, he's still a, a very important piece uh, of the puzzle for the Cardinals. 
For sure. So Colton Wong actually is a guy that I love for fantasy purposes. Um, you know, I, I, I think he is fantastic. Uh, he has a little bit of power. He steals a little bit. They were really burying him in the batting order last year. He did not have a he did not have a particularly great 2019 season. But you know, Colt, like if we assume that Matt Carpenter is able to have a decent season, right? So like let, let's let's say decent season. You know, something close to what he was able to do in 2017, 20, uh, 2019. So Colton Wong, you know, uh, 334 Woba last season. Let's you know pull. Matt Carpenter back to like a 325-ish. Then we have Paul Goldschmidt, total stud. Paul DeYoung, above average for his position. Uh, Yachty, a little bit below average, but Dexter Fowler, close to average. Tommy Edmond, above average. And then I mean the sky with Dylan Carlson. Uh, this, this Cardinals hitting lineup, really, they could be absurd if things break their way. But I think like I, at a median perspective, the Cubs offense is definitely better. Agreed. And I, I think another big thing for the Cardinals, uh, Davis, is Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, believe it or not, as, as you said, you know, he, for the most part, he's been a stud throughout his career. Uh, but now he's he's going to be 33. Uh, right. la- last year, he did hit 34 home runs, but only generated a 216 ISO. Um, you know, ha- had a weighted run created plus of 116. So just very slightly above average. The Cardinals are going to need Paul Goldschmidt to be like what he did for the Diamondbacks type of Paul Goldschmidt, yes. uh, where, where he was hitting a lot of home runs, but also hitting a lot of doubles and and being a constant threat when it came to uh, getting on base. Even last year, uh, his his on base percentage scaled down uh, to three forty six. Uh, most of those car, uh, Diamondbacks years, he was like in the four hundreds uh, in OBP. So. I'm not sure how you know how sustainable some of these things are. I know the Babbitt for him last year was also a little bit on the lower side. Uh, he only hit 302 uh, Babbitt um, for for the most part. His career average is nearly in the 350s. So maybe if he gets a, a little bit uh, just luckier in general, that OBP is going to go up. But nonetheless, the Cardinals are going to need a little bit more production from from Paul Goldschmidt uh, if they're going to be able to compete because he's he's really one of, if not their their main hitter in this lineup. I mean, I, I think you make a great point that Paul Goldschmidt in his first year as a member of the Cardinals was massively disappointing. His 346 weighted on base average was the worst of any year of his career. His weighted runs created a plus of 116 was the worst of any season of his career. Uh, even even back in 2011, you know, as a rookie, he was better yep. than that. He stole only three bases. That was the lowest amount of his career. Uh, 34 home runs was great, but his K rate, uh, his K rate was about average, but his walk rate mm-hmm. went down. His mm-hmm. isolated slugging was pretty low. I mean, he just basically he looked like a guy who went from his peak to kind of what his dissension was going to be like a 346 weighted on base average is fine but when you look at what the cardinals thought they were getting which was like a 400 weighted on base average guy like it just has to feel really disappointing for them it does and if you look at some of the raw stuff like you know 34 home runs and 97 rbis you know everything is kind of fine there but it's just relative to what he once was with the diamondbacks then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, you know, 34 home runs, 97 RBIs. 
it, it's still good, but it's just not what he once was producing uh, for the Arizona Car- uh, for the for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Excuse me. And the the concerning thing here is that he's now going to be 33, and so now uh, you start to wonder. Okay, maybe Paul Goldschmidt just can't be the same hitter uh, he once was, simply because he's he's getting older. And that is what happens. You mentioned that he stole only three bases last year. Uh, this used to be a guy that had, you know, either in the teens or 20 stolen bases. That's no longer who Paul Goldschmidt is going to, going to be. A good comp for this, Davis, would be someone like Albert Pujols. He used to be, you know, a great defensive first baseman. And one of the best, if not the best, right-handed hitter we've ever seen. Uh, but when he started to get older, he no longer stole bases. His home run totals went down. And he just wasn't the same caliber of hitter. So maybe we end up getting a similar Paul Goldschmidt moving forward. Yeah, I, I hope so, because Paul Goldschmidt is a guy that uh, he's a guy I really like, you know, a guy like a, a first baseman who steals a little who steals a little bit like that. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty awesome guy for fantasy. OK, getting to their pitching staff. Uh, I what's so interesting is I really like these dudes. Uh, well, I don't really like Flaherty for what he costs in seasonal drafts, but I really like Carlos Martinez. Um, I really like Dakota Hudson, and I really like Miles Mikolas because he is like stone free. You know, he's not going to get you any strikeouts or anything like that, but he is right. a really solid run prevention guy. It's also crazy to me, Adam Wainwright still pitching for the Cardinals. Isn't that wild? Uh, it is wild when you consider that he's almost like 40 years old. <laughs> Um, but, you know, kind of still a, like a competent starting pitcher, uh, not someone that's going to miss a bunch of bats either. But I, I think I, I think I'm more comfortable with the pitching depth for the Cardinals than I am the pitching depth with the Cubs. And that could really you know be a big factor um, in the NL Central this year, especially at the top. Because I, I think if, if you are of the belief that pitching is going to win out, then the Cardinals are positioning them really well uh even guys like uh you know like alex reyes and daniel ponce de leon like younger guys that d- don't seem to have it all figured out what if one of those guys you know figures it out and all of a sudden you know has like a jack flaherty type of season all of a sudden that's a really big deal for the cardinals so those are the type of guys Davis, that the cubs don't have but the cardinals do and i think that's right. that's that's a really big deal yeah so i i think you could rationally say you know, with the upside of, you know, younger guys like Dakota Hudson, uh, you know, we can't we can't think of Nicholas as a prospect anymore. But yeah, Alex Reyes is is definitely one of those guys who could really, cha- you know, who could just really change the way that this season goes for the Cardinals. And, and yeah, you're right for the Cubs to do that. You know, something would really have to break in, you know, kind of a, a different direction for mm-hmm. them. So, you know, let's uh, let's just put it right here. Who? Over 60 games, who has a better record, the Cardinals or the Cubs? Oof. Uh, I'm still going to go. Uh, I'm still going to go with the Cubs. I think their offense is going good enough to propel them to the top. Yeah, uh, I I am actually going to go the Cardinals because I think that it the short season benefits them because I think they will play their younger guys earlier. So I think like everyday plate appearances for Dylan Carlson, more plate appearances for Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas. I think they'll be more aggressive with, you know, shutting down Adam Wainwright, you know, just being like, look, it's it's not going to happen. And, uh-huh. you know, giving giving plate appearances to or giving starts to Alex Reyes. So I, I am going to go 
that direction. I think I, and, and we're not even done with, you know, good hitting offenses in this division, though the Cardinals and the Cubs clearly have a better pitching staff than the next team that we are going to discuss when we get back from break, which is going to be the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot, a lot of hitting to be found in this division, but we are going to go ahead and head to break here real quick on the Daily Roto Hour. When we return, we will continue our team-by-team, division-by-division preview of the National League Central by moving to the Milwaukee Brewers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. We are continuing our discussion of the National League Central in our team by team, division by division preview of Major League Baseball. Getting very excited to have the season back upon us. Uh, you know, feeling I, I'm feeling that uh, we're definitely going to get some very memorable games. There's just going to be a lot of uh, a lot of close races, a lot of stuff that you know, just by the nature of baseball and how even the playing fields are and how results shake out. You know, I just think that we are going to have a ton of very interesting races. And uh, I think the NL Central seems like maybe the most interesting, Pacheco, because all these teams are lumped so close together. Moving to the Milwaukee Brewers now, I mean, for me, literally one through nine, this is a team that can hit home runs. And, you know, if, if the baseballs are anything close to what they were Last year, I got to think that is a, a massive advantage for... I have to think that this is a massive advantage for the Brewers. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, they certainly have a, a very competent lineup this year. They went out there and signed uh, Abisail Garcia, who I, I still think is an above-average bat. Uh, they signed Justin Smoke to replace uh, Eric Thames. Uh, Smoke is going to be 34, uh, and last year he, he deteriorated quite a bit. Um, we'll see what version of Justin Smoke we get, but um, I still think he's a very competent like bench bat that that could produce for them. Uh, he still hit like over 20 home runs last year. Uh, he's a guy that can get on base for you. He's always been able to do that. So um, I think the the Brewers made some good signings in the offseason, uh, and I think those guys are going to get at bats, especially Abisai uh, Garcia. I don't think he should play the field much, uh, Davis. Uh, he, he's just not a very good defender. But uh, last year, he posted a, a, a weighted run credit plus of 112. Uh, and so also had a Woba of 334, which both both of those kind of point towards him being an average to an above average hitter. Um, I still believe in Abby Garcia. I think the Brewers shouldn't play him a lot on the field. And if they, they manage to give him you know, a decent right. amount of DH starts, uh, I think they're going to be in a, in a good spot. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, El Garcia is kind of one of those signings where baseball starts up. You know, you and I, we play DFS, we're grinding everything, so we don't necessarily get down to, you know, who every team's fourth outfielder is until baseball is literally there. And you're like, oh, wow, obviously, right. El Garcia is the fourth outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. And this is a guy who, you know, has a career isolated slugging of 155 and way higher than that against left handed pitching. Guy who hit 20 home runs in a terrible ballpark for home runs last year. So, yeah, that is a, a pretty big signing. Okay, huge question for you. I know that our projections at Daily Roto don't always like this guy, but are you an Eric Sogard guy? Do you do you believe in the nerd? Uh, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific. Are we talking, like, power? You know, Last, what, what year, last year was the first year of his career. He had an iso- uh, the first time in his career with over 100 plate appearances that mm-hmm. he had an isolated slugging higher than... 104. Do you buy that he can be a league average isolated slugging guy for second base? No chance. No chance. You think you think <laughs> it was mostly the ball? Whatever it was. Right. <laughs> Point to whatever it was. I, I just don't think that uh, that we can get like double digit home run Eric Sogard every year. Uh, and, and actually, he he posted a 115 weighted run created plus two. Like he was. He was like an average to an above average hitter last year. And there's just no sign of him like ever doing this for the rest of his career, Davis. So 
I think it's one of those things where, you know, he's, he's a veteran uh, that performed well last year, but at this stage of his career, it's going to be really difficult for him to replicate even what he did last year. It, he'd be lucky to just be like a slightly below average hitter. I think the Brewers would happily take that. Yeah, uh, and I mean, they are probably going to lead him off, but if things end up not working out for leading him off, I think they could easily lead off Keston Hyura, you know, no problem, and and move, and, and even there are bench bats that they could use instead. You know, they could play Jed Jerko at third base, they could play Brock Holt at third base, they could play Orlando Arcia at shortstop and move Louis uh, Urias out to third base. You know, there are a lot of different directions. I mean, literally... I think other than Urias, who is just a, you know, a pretty average, you know, middle infield bat, like he's, he's not a guy that we think of as having, you know, a, a super ceiling or, or, you know, a ton of home run power, four home runs in 249 plate appearances, six MLB home runs in 83 games. Um, like, I mean, Omar Navarez, Omar Navarez is a good hitter for a catcher and, Justin Smoke as your first baseman slash uh, you know combo DH. I think you I think you just have to feel so good about this team's ability to generate runs. Yeah, I think so. I think um, they, they also have Manny Pena, by the way, uh, at catcher. I love Manny. Every time yeah. he starts, he is in. He is in my lineups on DraftKings for sure. Yeah, I think um, like I think more than what he does offensively, which right, it's a catcher. They're they're not out there. Uh, to, to hit for a lot of power or really do much. They, their main position is is catching and, and being there for the pitching staff. And I, I think uh, Pena uh, is like an above-average defender. He's, he's one of the best uh, catchers uh, defensively in the league. He has a really good arm uh, as well. So uh, he's still with the team, uh, and I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll get a decent amount of bats uh, for the Brewers this year. I think the only thing that I disagree with you um, so far is like, uh, Kesson Hira leading off. I think you mentioned that, and I think uh, he's not the guy that you want leading off. He's, you, he's you a think, guy that you think they'd put Kane up, up there if Sogard sucked. I think so. I think that's the way to do it. That makes it. sense. Yeah, because Hira Hira just strikes out too much, uh, and this is something that, like, like uh, for, for example, in 2019 uh, when he was in AAA, he struck out 26 percent of the time went over to the majors and struck out 30% of the time. Now, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, he did hit 19 home runs and 300 plate appearances uh, for the Brewers last year at the major league level. This is a guy that has legitimate power upside and over like a full season, over 600 plate appearances, uh, he, he could end up hitting, you know, 30 home runs in, in the near future. So that's a really important bat for them, uh, Davis, a bat that's young, a bat that has a lot of upside, and I think you're going to see him in the lineup a lot this year. He should be uh, in the middle of the lineup moving forward, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that this team is going to lose Mike Moustakis, you know, one of the best left-handed power bats in baseball. And it feels like they're not even going to really miss him, right? And we have, yeah. this is we literally have not even talked about Christian Yelich yet, who is their best hitter, you know, former National League MVP, hit 44 home runs last year after hitting 36 home runs the year before, uh, 442 weighted on base average. I mean, this this guy, since he has entered Milwaukee, has become, I mean, he is, he is the best, I think it's probably him or Bellinger for, you know, best player, most valuable player in the National League, for sure. Yeah, I think um, Yelich is in the, what, top three hitter 
regardless of conference. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Moving, no, moving forward, like that, that's what he's been doing over the last couple of seasons. And in his MVP year, uh, he hit 36 home runs. Last year, he didn't win it and hit 44 uh, with a 342 ISO. Like he, he actually got better last year over his MVP season, which is kind of absurd. Uh, stole 30 bases last year, too. Um, th- this guy is an animal, Davis. He's, he's also just 28, by the way. So uh, he's very much in his prime years. Uh, don't expect them to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, uh, I mean, he is. He is fantastic. And we've said all kind things about the Brewers thus far. Uh, mm-hmm. I have I have nothing at all kind to say about their their pitching rotation unfortunately um you know Brandon Woodruff is coming in as their their best pitcher and he is sort of aggressively mediocre as as a pitcher you know projects for a 398 ERA uh you know not not barely I mean maybe he gets to a strikeout per inning he is their only pitcher who projects to have you know a a strikeout per inning or or anything even close I mean Adrian Hauser, 55 projected strikeouts over 59 innings. Brett Anderson was a guy who we thought was done, you know, multiple years ago. You know, not not good enough to make the Oakland A's. Not, and, and now, you know, he's a fly ball pitcher. They are playing in the, that very home run friendly stadium at Miller Ballpark. Um, Josh Lindblom, uh, I mean, this he he's coming back from the KBO to play to play for the Milwaukee Brewers, and then Eric Lauer, a guy who couldn't make his game work in, uh, you know, a guy who couldn't make his game work in Petco Park. I just, I, it, it's, I mean, it sucks for Brewers fans, but this this is just a brutal pitching rotation. Yeah, they do have, uh, they still have uh, like one of the best closers in the game, though. Yes. Uh, yes so that, so or I not, mean, not not Kirby Yates, Josh Hader. Josh Hader, I mean that 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 certainly helps, and and you know they they could uh, you know their bullpen is good enough that uh, that they could turn some of these uh, rotational spots into just bullpen games and, and be able to get away uh, with it. Like I, you know, Freddie Peralta is is another guy that I'm, I'm torn because he he seems to be missing a lot of bats, but you know how many starts can we get out of him? How many innings could the Brewers get out of him? That's going to be a, a really big deal for them, simply because they just they don't have a lot of swing and miss in their rotation. And if you know Freddie Peralta can can go out there and, and be someone that they can depend on, that would be great. Um, I I don't disagree with you uh, for all, all those names. I think I might be in our projections typically are higher on Brandon Woodruff than you are. Um, last year, this was a pitcher that posted a 29% K rate and a 6% walk rate. Uh, had an ERA of 3.62 and an even lower FIP. His FIP was at three. Uh, granted, it was only over 121 innings pitch, so not a massive sample or anything like that. I think where things get questionable with Woodruff is he's not a true number one. You know, he's not an ace pitcher. Um, he's never been that throughout his career. He shouldn't be dependent upon that um, for, for him to, to be valuable. But I think he's a great potentially number two they just don't have a number one so by default it's Woodruff and and I think he's a good pitcher uh I think that's where you and I might disagree on this whole thing I I think Woodruff is actually a good pitcher Uh, at the very worst he's an average pitcher when it comes to run prevention and by all means you know given his uh given his career ERA he seems like an above average pitcher when it comes to run prevention 
Yeah, and I mean, as you mentioned, they do have some solid bullpen guys. Obviously, they have one of the they have you know basically the best relief pitcher in baseball in Josh Hader. Uh, Corey Kniebel is another super solid guy. You know, is gonna is gonna generate more strikeouts than innings pitched. We think he's pretty solid. Freddie Peralta was not a good starting pitcher, but has been good out of the bullpen. Brent Suter, you know, kind of a, a guy who used to be a closer, is now like their sixth, fifth inning guy. Uh, David Phelps, another guy who has been solid in the past, who we think can be an above average um, bullpen arm. So so maybe their plan is just to use a lot of bull, like to, to go, you know, five innings for the starters and then really use that bullpen. I could yeah. see a lot of teams, you know, really pursuing that strategy. But we are going to go ahead and head to break here real quick at the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. Uh, I'm Davis Manick, joined by Christopher Pacheco. When we get back, we are going to go over the last two teams in this division, the pitiful Pirates and the potentially high-flying Cincinnati Reds. See you guys in just a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Manick, joined by Christopher Pacheco as we continue our team-by-team, division-by-division preview series of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Rounding out today our discussion of the NF- the NL Central. Uh, we still have the Reds and the Pirates to discuss. Not a ton to talk about with the Pirates. We'll get to them at the end of the episode. Um, the Cincinnati Reds, though... So many outfielders, so, so many outfielders. They have uh, Shogo Akiyama, who they signed as a free agent from the Nippon League. They have uh, Nick Castellanos, who they signed to pretty much be their full-time DH. They have Jesse Winker, their former first-round draft pick. Nick Senzel, who is uh, another first-round draft pick who the team seems to be really excited about. And they still have, you know, Josh Van Meter, Philip Irvin, Mark Payton. So many outfielders on this team, Pacheco. Uh, you didn't even mention Arisa's Aquino, who was like their, their yep. young stud uh, last year, the Punisher, uh, as they call him. Uh, this team, Davis, I mean, just 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 listen to the names. Nick Castellanos, Eugenio Suarez, who's coming off a career year, by the way, uh, which he hit like almost 50 home runs. Maybe he got there uh, last year. Mike Moustakas is with the Reds now. Um, I just mentioned Aquino, who, you know, over the full span of a, of a you know, a, a regular season has like 30 plus home run upside, especially in this ballpark and this band box of a ballpark. Uh, that's just their hitting pitching. They have Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, who turned it around last year uh, in a big way. That's like their one, two, three. I mean. I think the Reds are in a, a like in a position to potentially win the division, Davis. And I can't believe I'm saying that because typically, you know, we talk about the Reds as as a team that's that's always going to finish either dead last or close to it uh, in this division. But not this year, man. They have a lot of hitting, and I think their their pitching is certainly well above being competent enough to be able to compete for this division. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love this team. So many guys who are projected for double-digit home runs, even in a shortened season. I think the Reds are, we talked on this show already about, you know, just finding guys who have the ability to, or finding teams that have the ability to take advantage of the variance inherent in a shorter season. Uh, and I definitely think the Reds are that team. You know, Joey Votto, obviously, at the age of 36, has really slowed down. Not mm-hmm. really a power bat anymore, but, you know, Akiyama, right. Suarez, Mustakas, Castellanos, even Freddie Galvis and Nick Senzel, uh, you know, look at their... It, but the, as you mentioned, I mean, the pitching rotation, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer. I, I'm not optimistic about Wade Miley pitching in this division. I think he might get... I think he might get... Um, You know, I, I think actually it's going to be a pretty tough scene for him. Uh, yeah. Though, I guess for the Astros last year, he did have a 3.98 ERA... Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, whatever, maybe they figured out something with him and his delivery to uh, to make him better. But I, I am not optimistic. And Desclafani is a guy who's super good against right handers and just right. can't get left handers out. But also, this is a really strong bullpen. So Rysel Iglesias, really strong. Amir Garrett, really strong. Pedro Strope, really strong. Uh, Tyler Molly, really strong. Like they have some really good bullpen arms so kind of as we were just talking about with the brewers maybe their plan in descalfani and miley starts is you know four innings for the starters five innings for the bullpen like i i think that is 
a pretty reasonable plan for them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they do with Malley because he's he's been a starter for them, you know, right. ever since he's been up with the team. Uh, but he is being listed as a reliever, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because uh, the the red starting rotation right now is including Wade Miley in it. But uh, Miley and and Molly, you could just probably like just circle back on them. Like it, it's probably going to be a battle for who gets that that starting rotation spot. The other just moves over to the bullpen. Miley was very competent for the Astros last year, and then he hit a stretch of starts towards the end of the uh, of the season, Davis where he was a complete disaster, like just unstartable. The, the, literally, the Astros could not start him anymore. That's how bad he got. Um, yeah. I, I mostly agree with you. It's going to be really tough for him, especially now that the National League uh, has a DH. Uh, it, it's going to be tough for him to uh, to do much. Um, so I, I think Mally might be able to just beat him outright because uh, he has more strikeout stuff. Uh, but nonetheless, I think the, the rotation is is really solid, man. And and I think a big deal for them is can they get out of Sonny Gray what they got last year? Because Sonny Gray was lights out, 29% K rate. Uh, the walk rate was a little bit higher. It was nearly at 10%. But ERA of 2.07, FIP of 3.42. If you remember, uh, the uh, Sonny Gray – went really bad with the Yankees in 2018. So bad, uh, yeah. So bad. So if we can get, if the Reds can get Sonny Gray again, for like producing like that, it's going to be a really big deal for the rotation because all of a sudden they have a very competent one through three, like potentially one of the best in the division. Yeah, uh, they don't have a ton of uh, like a ton of cavalry on the way in terms of their prospects, but you know I could I could see them beating out the Brewers if you know Gray is just on fire, Castillo is on fire, you know Bauer kind of figures out his delivery a little bit is not walking guys in 2020, and, and like these three guys are really probably three of the 20, 25 best pitchers in baseball. And mm -hmm. you combine that with the ceiling they have on this offense. You know, if Joey Votto puts up a 340 weighted on base average over this sample, Moustakis is on fire, Castellanos is playing DH. Like, I, I think the sky kind mm -hmm. of is the ceiling for this offense. And uh, I, right. I am going to I am gonna bet the Reds to win the 2020 World Series because I think they are kind of the perfect team for this format. Yeah, they're at plus 2,600 right now uh, on FanDuel Sportsbook. So right there with the Cardinals and Cubs. But as you look at this roster, Davis, it's like you don't have to have all of those things that you mentioned go right. It's like you have to have some go right, and all of a sudden they have a really strong season and can potentially win the division. Obviously, to win the World Series, of course, you have to have, you know, most things go right for you. But as you look at their roster, like I, I could argue for the Cubs, they need way more to go right to be to be able to win the division. I, I'm still very high on them. Same thing with the Cardinals, uh, because they have a lot of names that they they need things to go right for them in order for them to succeed. The Reds, they have so much depth that it doesn't feel like they need everything to break right in order for them to win the division. And that's a really good thing for them. For sure. So we got to uh, we have to talk about the the Pirates now. So the the Pirates are the worst team in the division. They mm -hmm. might be one of the worst teams in the National League. They have one hitter who is projected to hit double digit home runs in the sixty game season. That is Josh Bell. 
Uh, pretty much everyone else on this offense, Kevin Newman, Brian Reynolds, Adam Frazier, uh, Guillermo Herida, Colin Moran, Jacob Stallings, Jared Dyson, even their bench hitters. Uh, we just it, It's like they looked at the way that baseball is played now and they said, you know what, we, we want to do the opposite of that. We just want we only want slap hitters on our team for whatever reason. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough scene for the Pirates. Um, so Starling Marte is no longer with the team. Obviously, Andrew McCutcheon was not not with the team even last year. Um, so they, you know, as far as star star power is concerned, it's it's tough. Uh, they have Josh Bell, and that's pretty much it. Really big deal for the Pirates as well. Chris Archer is not going to pitch for them uh, this season. And also, uh, Jamison Tyon, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But right now, he's being listed uh, on the 45-day uh, on the 45-day yeah. injured yeah. list. And so, if, if Tyon is is on, um, you know, like if he's not pitching for them uh, either, it's it's a disaster <laughs> for for the Pirates. They just don't have a lot. Um, and so, not having Archer already hurts them. Not having Tyon would be uh, the nail in the coffin per se, Davis. So things aren't really looking up for the Pirates this year. Easily the worst team in the division. I, I don't see them being able to compete for the division title or even a wild card. So, uh, you know, I guess things to be excited about on this team. Josh Bell is very fun. Uh, you know, just one of those huge pure power guys. He's a switch hitter, which you always love. And, uh, you know, Bums me out that Gregory Polanco never became awesome. You know, he was one of those guys who was supposed to be, you know, a super elite prospect, a top five overall prospect in baseball. Uh, he only got to 24, only got to uh, over 20 home runs twice in his Major League Baseball career. Didn't even really steal bases. Career 318, weighted on base average, has always struck out a little bit too much. I mean, I, I guess... You know, that 2018 season, 23 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 11% uh, walk rate, 21% K rate, 353 Woba. You know, is there is there any chance, you know, for us in fantasy leagues this year that Polanco kind of turns back into that guy as opposed to the injury-riddled guy from last season? I, I think there's a chance, uh, especially when you consider that. Like, he's 28 years old, you know, Um Maybe he's a late yeah. bloomer, Davis. You know, like we have seen that before. I mean, this is the one sport where late bloomers are actually kind of a thing. It is. It is. Um, the thing is, I, I think expectations, even with that being said, uh, have to be tempered a bit. Like he, he's not going to be a 2020 guy, right? Like he's not going to be a 20 home run, 20 stolen bases guy. But if he can be 20 home run, 10 stolen bases guy, that that's really valuable uh, in fantasy. I, I, I'm still, like, I still believe in Gregory Polanco. I still think. Uh, the talent is there. It's just a matter of can he put it together. Uh, but even then, I don't think he's a 30 home run guy even. Um, so it, it is a little bit limited. Uh, and I, I think given the pitching in this division, like it's it, it might be tough uh, for, for him to, to get it together, especially the Reds. It's, it's one of those things where when you went to the Reds, especially their ballpark as an away hitter, it's always great because you can hit lots of home runs. But this year, because the Reds pitching staff is so improved, that might not be even a thing anymore. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, I definitely think all of that is is legit. It's, it is a a real possibility. So we we have gone through the NL Central. You know, I think that it is a really interesting division. You know, we have the Cardinals who are very solid all the way throughout. We have the Brewers who have a ton of upside with their hitting. 
maybe not so much upside with their pitching, though uh, Pacheco is a little bit higher on uh, on Brandon Woodruff than I am. We have the Cubs, who uh, the Cubs are kind of the stereotypical, very good NL team. You know, they have plenty of power. They have pitchers who are maybe not the greatest in terms of K rate outside of you Darvish, but they do have guys who are able to, you know, generate a ton of contact and good contact rather, which is going to be Kyle Hendricks and Jose Quintana, the Reds who have loads of upside and the, the Pirates who have, have no upside. So everyone, thank you very much for watching and listening to the Daily Roto Hour. We will be back soon with our continued preview of the NL starting tomorrow. Good luck until then. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 